to the Success After Barber School podcast, where we give advice to new and seasoned barbers on how to reach a six-figure income through training, mentoring, and coaching. If you're new in our industry or old in our industry and are ready to join the top 1% in earning a six-figure income, this is the show for you. Welcome back to Success After Barber School podcast. I'm your host, Mr. T.I.M., the educator. Today, my guest is the wonderful, beautifully talented Nelly Martinez coming straight live and direct from Barber Company, Barbershop in Milwaukee. If you don't know, now you know. Go check her out. I'm telling you, she's amazing, bro. Nelly, first couple questions. Name, where you're from, how long you been a barber? My full name is Janelle Martinez. Everyone call me Nelly. I was born and raised in Rochester, New York. Let's just say I've been dealing with hair since I was like 17 years old. And I'm 39, so. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so you it's wear been, well. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I officially, I was always working a full-time job, and I just didn't really know what I wanted to do as far as career-wise. And I would always kind of cut hair on the side. And I wasn't too much interested in women's hair, even though that's the first thing that my aunt started teaching me when I lived in New York City. But I did end up putting myself through school. I went to Paul Mitchell, graduated in 2018, but I did take cosmetology just because I wanted that license. And I don't do women's hair <laughs> just because it's not really my cup of tea, but I, I've always had a passion for barbering. So yeah, so I've been doing hair for a very, very long time. You actually answered my next question beautifully. So I'm going to state it for the public and everything and then go on to the question after that. It was why and how you started barbering and everything. But since you answered that one, what motivates you in this industry? I feel like, you know, I, I, I'm very artistic and I feel like I, I see barbering as art to me. So even like painting and stuff like that, when I do a fade, it's just really art. Like, so that motivates me. And not just that, especially just making people feel good about themselves because, and you know, sometimes some people have a lot of different experiences and, you kind of end up talking to people and listening to their stories. And, you know, they might have had a really bad day or something. And, you know, so just listening to people that, you know, and giving them like transformations. And that really motivates me. Like, oh, I'm I'm going to do wonders on you, you know, like yeah, yeah. with a head full of hair. And then, yeah. you know, you just give them a complete transformation. So that's that motivates me a lot, too. And just, I would say, you know, throughout the years, just getting better. Like, that motivates me, just learning new things, because styles change all the time. And so that's another motivation for me, too. Sweet. Let's get into the meat and the conversation. These uh, next questions are going to be focused around sales, marketing, operations, and financing, and everything. So this is the part of the interview where we start helping our young people fresh out of school kind of grow and what to expect and get their minds ready to be successful in our industry and everything. So what's one thing you wish everybody understood about our profession, about our job? Patience. Patience is huge because especially if, you know, just when I look at myself, like coming from the very beginning, I mean, years ago, I mean, people were even uncomfortable with 
letting a woman cut their hair at that point. Like things have changed and so much has evolved since then. And I think that, you know, you have to have a lot of patience in this industry because you have to gain people's trust, you know, with their hair and things like that. And, you know, just show them like good customer service and things like that. So that's definitely one of the biggest things. I think that, you know, patience is huge. That's a perfect segue into our next question, right? So when you first started, right, what year was it? Just real quick before we go to that question. What year did you start? If, professionally? Yeah, like, like professionally with a license. Shop. Yeah. I mean, I started, I was before here. Um, I've been just first shop license. The very not. first yeah. shop. Um, that was 2010. Okay. Perfect. I remember that time frame. I'm not that old. So that being said, right, when you first started as in our profession, what was the most challenging thing you experienced? The most challenging thing <laughs> I experienced, um, getting, uh, people to, even though I was a woman that I was able to cut their hair because I think that was a huge thing, um, at that time. How did you do it? Elaborate. Honestly, it was just maybe showing them pictures um, sometimes or... Of your work? Of, yeah. Okay. Of, like, my work, if, you know, or they'd be a little skeptical, like, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? And, I mean, I was still learning, too, at that time. So, I mean, I was a little nervous at times, too, but it's like, I have to put myself out there and I have to at least try, you know, so... I would just constantly be like, no, I, you know, I got you. I, yeah, I've done that before, whatever. Yeah. But I had, you know, a really good, um, the owner of, of the shop there that actually used to cut hair with my brother years ago. He, he helped me out tremendously. Facts. A mentor? Yes. I would consider him. I've always said he was my mentor. Yes. So why is it important for someone to find themselves a mentor early on in this business because you you always I feel like having someone that you can go to for any challenging questions is very important because we think that oh we could just do this alone you know and things like that but in reality like you you want someone that's been in the industry for a long time and 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 does know more than you because they're going to teach you their ways and they're going to help you through even if it's a fade, whatever the case may be like. And he, I would definitely, I've always told him he was literally my mentor. And I, till this day, like he showed me so much, like it's so, incredible. So, right. There's this, there's this misnomer where people coming right out of school feel like they need to get an hourly at like a cost cutters or a men's hair house or a great clips or any of the other chains. Right. And I think what they miss out on is the ability to have a mentor, someone they can kind of, kind of iron sharpens iron, someone that can guide them through that first 24 months of barbering and stuff. So why do you feel it's important, right, to seek out an actual traditional barbershop versus an hourly wage, both financially as well as, you know, and I, I understand you just answered the mentor part, but let's, let's concentrate and focus on the second part. You know, why barbershop versus chain? From my experiences, when it comes to a chain, I feel like it's uh, it's stolen talent. I see it that way because you're paying someone a low hourly wage and you want someone to perform at a certain speed and get as many haircuts and maybe pay them like 10% commission on products or something like that. And 
Although I do think that for someone that comes out of school sometimes, just straight out of school, it's it may be like a good experience. Ultimately, the goal is for you to work for yourself and be an independent contractor because you want to build those clients for yourself and not just get paid like whatever, $10 an hour and 10% commission and you're cutting, I don't know how many heads because you're... I just feel like it's completely different than an urban barbershop. Like the type of haircut that you're getting, the type of experience that you're getting as well. Um, So I'm sure that they do offer probably their whole mentorship and things like that at an hourly wage chain, maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know. But I I feel like it's, it's honestly like, for me, I was actually asked while I was going through school if if I could cut at one of those, and absolutely not. I, I would not. I just could not see myself cutting out a chain. The industry is blessed that you didn't. So what is one thing you would actually tell your younger self from where you're at now to when you started? If you could go back, what would you say to your younger self and why? If I could go back in time, I would have pursued my career sooner than when I did. And I feel like uh, it was all, it was always um, a fear that I had. And I think a lot of barbers have that fear. A lot of people in this industry have that fear because you always think of like, what if you don't want to take that leap of faith because you're worried about, you know, money or you're worried about like, oh my God, what if I don't get paid this, that, and the third? And you just can't live in fear. You can't. You have to take that leap of faith. What's the worst that can happen? You go get a part-time job if it, you know, you end up not making the money, but you have to make sacrifices. And that's one of the biggest things that I struggled with. And I held, I did barbering for almost 10 years with a full-time job and then put myself through school through that. And I don't know how I did it, (laughs) but I was ready to just, I didn't want to work for anyone. No, I didn't. I was at that point where I didn't want to be micromanaged. I didn't want to work for anyone else and for any type of company or anything like that. Although benefits are great, you know, but you figure that out, you know? Yeah, I love that. So if you guys missed it, right, I believe if I can paraphrase a little bit for you, what she's saying, she would say to her younger self is don't live in fear. Take the risk, take the first step, because it's important, right? That's the only way you grow, is you got to go through the fear. And as long as we're on that subject real quick, fear, false evidence appearing real. I'll say it again, false evidence appearing real. That's all fear is. It's made up, it's make-believe, it's in your head. So get out of your head, don't live in fear, take the first step, and keep moving forward. Another thing is that I see fear as just comfortableness. So if you are not uncomfortable, you're not growing because you're stuck in that comfort zone. So, yeah. Amen. Let's go. So if you had 10 times the budget you have now, what would you do with it? 10 times the budget. <laughs> what would I do with it? I, you know, I would probably open up a really big barbershop, but I just, I'm not sure. I'm in a, I'm in a place where I'm not sure if I want to be in Milwaukee for a very long time or if I want to move out of state so that's I think that's one of the things that's held me off about opening up a business um, which I've came close to doing but um, I'm not sure if I want to do that here but that would go towards that facts I understand that 
I am currently working on the next phase and the next stream of income as we speak. What is something about our industry that has surprised you lately? I wouldn't say really like a huge surprise, but just how much it's grown. Like, it's grown tremendously. Big facts. We're making a resurgence. Like, it's huge. Like, you will never... (laughs) The beauty industry itself, like, you're never going to not be paid. Someone is always going to need a haircut. They're always going to need makeup done or, you know, their hair colored or their eyebrows done. Just something, anything in this industry and so many things that are like, you know, being invented now that that just didn't exist so many years ago. Technology is advancing. Literally. Yeah. Like, I mean. Did anybody use hair fibers back in the day? No, nobody did that, you know, just even on products Mm -hmm. like the the products that quality of mm them. Yeah. So just the styles of haircuts, you know, like we went through phases where mohawks were a thing or, you know, you had just really low. Everybody's letting their hair grow now. And mullets are coming back. Yeah, mullets. It's just crazy. (laughs) I love it. Um. Where do you self-educate? I look at it. I mean, now I now that I feel like I pretty much do any type of haircut. But as far as self-educate with like hair or yep. like in our industry, in our industry, um, I think social media is huge. Big time. Huge for our industry, um, especially Instagram, because you see so many like amazing barbers on instagram from all over the world and you you pretty much can have like free classes on instagram yeah you can literally like there's so many just even mentors out there that do things like this and and they they sit there and they they take a three minute whatever video on how to you know layer some hair or texturize or something like that so it's yeah definitely social media What's the status quo you you reject in our industry and why? The status quo that we reject in our industry and why? I would say that I think a lot of people think that barbering is not a real job. Right. It's like used to be like a status quo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. And I think that that's a false. It's one of those things where... It is like you ha- you have to really put yourself through school. You take anatomy and, and, you know, chemistry and, you know, like it was, you know, you have to go through state boards and pass this to get this license. And a lot of people out there think that we don't go through all of that, you know. Right. So we're, we're looking at our last three minutes here. How and when do you decide to increase what you charge for a haircut? I think that it really depends on obviously the quality of your work, I I would say as well, but not just that, but you have to look at the region um, where you're located. I think that that was an issue through the pandemic and things like that. I think where for me, raising prices through the pandemic was just not something that I was going to do because of just how life was going you know a lot of people lost their jobs and things like that and just wasn't a necessity for me but i do look at like the averages of you know the regions and things like that or what they would typically charge so i would say i would consider that and you know obviously the quality of your work 
Okay, so as long as we're talking about money, right? As a person, like in our industry, for barbers, we deal with cash. We're a cash cow, right? So how do you manage to budget that money? And then why is it important for young people coming out of school to learn expediently why and how to budget their money? It's very easy for you to get cash and it be gone the next day in our industry. So it's almost like you have to take it and act like it's not even there, not existent. So I know it may take like a lot of mental, you know, strength to do that with a lot of people because you, oh, like, let me go buy this. I'm going to go buy lunch or whatever. But I would say like in the middle of the week, like just, you know, go to the bank and just deposit the money. You know, just if you have a break in between, just go to your bank and just get rid of it. Like, go put it in the bank. That's what you have to do. Or you're going to wind up broke. (laughs) Like, you're going to spend your money on nonsense and things like that. So, yeah. Well, folks, now we're at the conclusion of our show. Once again, uh, Success After Barber School podcast uh, with your host, Mr. T.I.M., The Educator. Our guest today, again, has been Nelly Martinez. Thank you for coming out. I appreciate your time. I look forward to uh, growing and getting to know you more. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. If you're new in our industry or old in our industry and are ready to join the top 1% and earning a six-figure income, Hop on the email list to get updates on the show and live notifications for the newest trends or to be featured on the show as the Barber Spotlight of the Week. Let's go. Let's grow.